soul. We believe you are God and in control. Welcome to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Bram, a ministry of Worship Generation Church located in Fountain Valley, California. For more information, please visit us at www.worshipgeneration.com. We believe in the power of the gospel. We believe you can transform every soul. We believe you're the Savior. Now let's join Pastor Joey as we study through the Bible. Let the nations be glad, all his saints rejoice. All right, so as we come to the book of Judges, we come to that book that chronologically in your Bible follows the book of Joshua, and it also follows the book of Joshua chronologically in the historical timeline. So Exodus and coming out of Egypt is about 1500 BC when the nation of Israel was brought out of their captivity in Egypt. The 40-year wilderness wandering, Moses dies on the east side of the Jordan River, and then Joshua leads them to the promised land with Caleb and the rest, and they conquered the land which we spent quite a few weeks on, a couple months on, on Tuesday night in the book of Joshua while we were doing Sermon on the Mount here on Saturday nights. So Joshua steps into eternity, and now the nation of Israel, they're, they're there in the land. They don't have a great leader like Moses. They don't have a great leader like Joshua. They've had two incredible leaders back to back, and now they're sort of like they've received their inheritances, but they have to go get their inheritances as well. So they've kind of received it. It's allotted to them what land is theirs but they have to go displace the Canaanites to take the, the land. And that was their obedience to the Lord was to remove them from the land. One way or another, those people had to leave. They're evil, they're dark, they're sinister. And to have any fellowship or any merging with those people in marriages, relationships, would destroy the people of promise. And we know in the New Testament, we're told that bad company doesn't elevate good morals. Bad company corrupts good morals, First Corinthians tells us. So company is everything. And so that's what it was for them in the Mosaic Covenant they had. And now they're in the land, and the first couple chapters of, of Judges, so Judges is about 1400 B.C. to about 1100, 1000 B.C., moving toward the time of King David, and we'll get King Saul, and then King David, and you get the history of the kings. So this is that kind of period where you went from these super strong leaders, Moses and Joshua, to the period of Judges, three, 400 years, where God would periodically periodically lift, lift up and raise up a deliverer, a leader, who not necessarily was a judge, but just was a leader, a spiritual leader. You'll see as you go through the book of Judges that he'll put a spirit on somebody, and they'll just like find another gear, and they're able to lead God's people because he puts his spirit upon them. And so we get Gideon and Samson and Deborah and Barak and all these people that are very special to us in this book. That being said, as I mentioned Tuesday night, the book is challenging in some ways because it's not all, it's not really good news. It's like when you study human history and there's certain parts of history, it's like, oh, this is a dark period of human history because these are the people of God in a covenant. They have the promises. They're set up to be successful. But what we find in this book is the nation as a whole goes into a deterioration. They deteriorate or degeneration. They go from the leadership of Moses, the, the victories of Joshua to everyone doing what's right in their own eyes. That's what happens in this book. And so as the deterioration sets in, and the first three chapters really set us up for that, then you get the chapters of deliverance, which is chapters 
pretty much chapter 3 through chapter 16. So Samson, Gideon, and these people that we'll read about and some of you already known. But then the last part of the book, chapter 17 through 21, is total depravity. So you get deterioration, then you get these cycles of deliverance, and then you get just total depravity. And honestly, throughout my 34 years walking with Jesus, every time I read the book of Judges, I feel like I'm reading about America. And I'm sure I'm not the only one that feels that way. But then, like, each time I read, it's like two years farther down the road with where we're at in our timeline. It's like, man, this is the cycle. It's like we're in this cycle as a nation. But the big difference is this. We're not in a covenant with God. The church is in a covenant with God, and our covenant isn't hindered or affected by evil men in politics or evil women in politics. Our leadership never changes. Jesus Christ is the king who ever lives and intercedes for us. So while you might look at a national sense with a national identity, feel like this is kind of what's happened to the greatest country in human history, which you really are. It's not even close, actually. Still, it's not about being an American. It's not even about the Constitution of these things, which are all important things that we've all benefited from, and so has human society. It's really about the church, our covenant, and how we shine for the Lord in a time like the book of Judges, not just for America, but for the entire planet. And that's the kind of that's definitely the perspective we want to have as we go through the book of Judges. But it's hard not to see, just go like, wow, this is insane, because this is like we're watching this movie right now play out in front of us. But don't don't let it unsettle you. Because the book of Judges can unsettle you, like today's news. But even as Christ is on the throne right now to lead us, God was on the throne then leading them. And good things happen to people who chose choose to make good decisions in the book of Judges. And as we left off on Tuesday night, I start with tonight. The book of Judges is about amazing men and women who God put his spirit upon them to do great things in a dark time. That is who we want to be. We want to be amazing women and men who God puts his spirit upon to do great things in a challenging, difficult time, which, of course, we're in. So that's our undergirding application as we go through the book of Judges topically from now till the holiday season. Okay, so now as we come to chapter one, we the first couple chapters is sort of connecting the book of Joshua with the new direction of judges and this timeline and these different things. And in chapter one, we have this interesting story that we saw Tuesday night. And it's like the Lord just so spoke to us on this. It was not my intention that this would be the topical study for tonight, but Absolutely, I thought it would be on Tuesday and confirmed by the Lord all week that this is what we're studying tonight topically. So in verse 22, as it's reviewing in chapter 1 that the people have come into the land, we read about the house of Joseph, and they've been given territory. Now, the house of Joseph is Manasseh and Ephraim, subdivided, and we remember in the book of Judges, the, the land was divided up. They have their territory kind of up more by the Sea of Galilee, and they're to go get it, but there's war to go get it. But God's promised it to him. And so we pick it up in verse 22 tonight, and we're going to talk about the man, the man who found mercy, or the man from Luz. And we read this. And the house of Joseph also went up against Bethel, and the Lord was with them. So the house of Joseph sent men to spy out Bethel. The name of the city was formerly Luz. And when the spies saw a man coming out of the city, they said to him, Please show us the entrance to the city, and we will show you mercy. So he showed them the entrance to the city, and they struck the city with the edge of the sword, but they let the man and all of his family go. And the man went to the land of the Hittites, built the city, and called its name Luz, which it is its name to this day. Now, we know from the context of overall scripture that the book of Judges is written looking back. So as the Holy Spirit led the 
author of Judges to record these three, four hundred years of history, it's looking back. And this is the beginning of the time of Judges, around 1400 BC. And when the book of Judges ends, it'll say, it actually says in the book of Judges a couple times, this is before there were kings, which implies that the book of Judges written during the time of kings. Most people ascribe the book of Judges to Samuel the prophet, who anointed both Saul to be the first king and David to be the second king. That's how most people would see it. Obviously, all scriptures God breathed and holy men of God moved as as the Holy Spirit guided them and they spoke, which is the case. But with that context, we realize that this man from Luz, who escaped the destroyed city of Luz and went on to build another city of Luz in a different location, the city he built existed for at least four centuries after he stepped into eternity. That's insightful and beneficial as we look at this story, the man from Luz. Well, this really is a story about receiving mercy, isn't it? As we read it, we see that key phrase, show us the entrance and we will show you mercy. This is a story about a Canaanite man, much like Rahab, a Canaanite woman one generation before, had heard about the people of the Lord, had heard about the Lord. She cast her lot with the Lord. Her and her family were saved from the destruction of Jericho. And now one generation later, this man from the city of Luz, who lives in the city of Canaanites, the book of Leviticus describes Canaanites. They worship the Ashtoreths. They are completely given over to sexual depravity, much like our nation and the world. Just absolute no restraint sexual depravity. Sex with animals. Sexual depravity in the the most debased form that God defines, which is how he defines it. So even the teenagers, you need to know, that's how God defines the most debased form of degeneration of his beauty, what he's created for a man or woman in the context of marriage. The absolute degeneration is human beings being sexually active with animals. That's what they were like in the city of Luz. Okay, so we need to know. They're very evil. And they had unwanted babies, just like in America and around the world. And unlike America, where they can cut babies to pieces in the womb and before they even birth or birth them and then execute them. In that timeline, they just birthed them and offered up to their God. And so they'd have all the unwanted babies. So they don't go to Planned Parenthood and they don't have government funding to do this. They just birth these babies and throw them away like they do in a lot of nations. Or in their case, they saw it as a chance to offer up to this angry God of blood and wrath. And that's what they did. So in the city of Luz, people were given over to having sex even with animals. And they had babies they didn't want. And they offered them up to heated up idols, and they put living babies that are so beautiful, like my grandson just here with me before service. Little Bonbon, Bonnie. He was born so beautiful into the world to our daughter Leah, who is just here during worship. And in that society, they're so depraved, so given over. God said there's no hope for the Amorites. He said that to Abraham. Their iniquity was full, and they would take their babies, and they would place this beautiful baby, like at whole hospital, on an altar heated with fire as a sacrifice, and they would think they could get away with it. And they did not get away with it. They were doomed. In fact, all the Canaanites, all the seven tribes of the Amorites were under God's wrath, just like Sodom and Gomorrah, just like Noah's generation, and just like entire planet Earth this day, under God's wrath. In fact, we're all under the wrath of the Lamb. In the book of Revelation, which looks forward, when the end game comes and the four horsemen of the apocalypse and all that there in Revelation chapter 6, when God's wrath, not man's wrath, 
what God's wrath has poured out on planet Earth, those that are alive in a decreased population, which is what the globalists want right now, they will say, the wrath of the Lamb has come, and who is able to stand? And they'll seek to hide from the Lord. They'll be out in the open. The spiritual realm, the dimension, the eternal dimension that we don't see, but we see by faith, we know is there. It'll be out in the open. And people will know that they're fleeing from the wrath of the Lamb in that great tribulation period, which Jesus said, unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. Later on in the book of Revelation, we're told that Jesus takes a sickle and he cuts it through humanity and it's a sickle of wrath and the blood fills to the horse's bridle. Then we're told when he comes in that image glory of Revelation 19 to establish his kingdom on earth, he's coming essentially to deal out wrath on an unbelieving world. Whereas Matthew tells us the sheep are separated from the goats, those that will enter the kingdom, those that won't, the good fish, the bad fish, all those things. He's coming in his glory with his angels and gathering all from the world, and he will judge them. And we're told in 1 Corinthians, there's a throne of judgment. Paul said, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, and we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, we persuade men to repent and believe in Jesus. This entire planet is a ticking time bomb under the wrath of God, just like Noah's generation, Sodom and Gomorrah, the city of Luz. It's all moving toward the end game. And all the raging against God, godless men who suppress the truth and ungodliness, Romans 1, they're under God's wrath. This is why Jonathan Edwards, in the mid-1700s, before the revolution, right about the time of the French-Indian War, had such an incredible revival as he went through the colonies in a time of great upheaval in American history, the colonies. And his famous sermon was, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. The most famous sermon ever preached, probably in human history, apart from the ones that are in the Bible, like Acts 17 with Paul. And it changed the colonies. It changed the mindset of the people. And it birthed a nation. Of course, the irony of, again, like the time of Judges, when my wife was going to UCSD, she had a professor, had everyone read that message, mocking it. But just because someone mocks the wrath of God doesn't mean they're not under the wrath of God. This is the whole counsel of God. And in a generation of softness, retreating, retraction, people forget we are all under God's wrath until we come to the cross. And the cross of all things declares the wrath of God. For the wrath of the Father on us is displayed on his Son. God made him who knew no sin to become sin for us. And so all the wrath of God is on his Son. Behold the man, bloody, beaten, bruised, and beyond recognition, a man of sorrows, and we esteemed him not, Isaiah the prophet said. Jesus on the cross is the wrath of God displayed to all humanity. And the judgment of people like the city of Luz is the wrath of God displayed for time, and time, space, and matter for us to learn from. For we're told even the city of Sodom and Gomorrah is an example that we would learn not to go after strange flesh in future generations. You can't confine... Sodom and Gomorrah to a limited Old Testament, which you wouldn't do with the Old Testament anyways. But the New Testament affirms, like, this is a warning for us, the Church of Jesus Christ, 2021. And even as they were under wrath for the strange flesh, so too, Romans 1 tells us, all humanity is under wrath of God for pursuing strange flesh and all the sins that people seek after. And our 
Society cancels grace and truth, but even more so wrath and judgment. And they are both absolutely true. So we say perfect justice has to have perfect judgment, and perfect judgment is wrath. So mercy, for me, when I gave my life to Christ in the spring of 87, for you, if you've given your life to Christ, mercy is passing from under God's wrath to under his grace. It's passing from death to life, from condemnation to justification. Remember what Jesus said about darkness and light. Men love darkness so they don't come to light because their evil deeds will be exposed. For the Son did not come into the world to condemn the world, but the world is already condemned. So we're already condemned and under wrath. The message of the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ, the Great Commission in Mark 16, Matthew 28, is to go on all authority under Christ and make disciples and win people to Christ. And when you see the book of Acts and you see the preaching of the apostles there in the book of Acts, particularly like Acts chapter 3, Peter is pleading with his Jewish brethren to repent from their sins and come from being under wrath to being forgiven and that times of refreshing may come. And then as Paul the Apostle went out into that Roman world and he preached at Mars Hill and Thessalonica and Corinth in these places, he implored people, he begged people to turn from sin and being under the wrath of God to be saved by grace and faith in Jesus Christ, to receive him as Lord and Savior, as he said to Philippian jailer, when he said, what must I do to be saved? He said, believe on the Lord Jesus, you and your household. And he passed from death to life, the Philippian jailer. He heeded the message of mercy and grace in the person of Jesus Christ. So this message, this story, is about a man condemned, a man and his family under God's wrath, in a city under wrath, in a people group under absolute perfect justice of wrath of God to be executed by the people of God in their context of their covenant. The church never has that, but they did. And their obedience is to fulfill that. We've talked about this going through the five books of Moses. Extremely difficult. But there's a lot of things that are difficult that you need to do when you obey the Lord. But they had received mercy. Israel had received mercy. They would receive future mercy with the judges and the kings. Individuals would receive mercy. As a nation, they received mercy. God brought them back from Babylon. That's quite an act of mercy for a rebellious people group that cast them aside before they went away. So this man from Luz is really about a man finding mercy who was under wrath, which means he could be my neighbor, he could be your neighbor, He could be the person you see in the mirror if you're unsaved and never given your life to Christ. And if you are saved, you look in the mirror, you were that woman from Luz. You were the woman from Luz. At some point, if you gave your life to Christ and you're saved and you passed from death to life, you were the woman from Luz. And I was the man from Luz. And I was in a city appointed for wrath like Sodom and Gomorrah. As an individual, I was under wrath like the inhabitants of the days of Noah. But yet, on this day, he's not only the man from Luz, he's the man who found mercy. So the first thing we understand here this evening is what the Israelites offer this man is what the church of Jesus Christ proclaims, presents, and offers humanity. Mercy. God's mercy. We don't say to the man, 
show us how to get into city and take the city. We say to the man, this is what you must do to be saved. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. We're not asking how to do something from the world. We are telling the world, believe me, hear me. You see, in their context, please show us the entrance to the city. We are declaring the entrance to heaven. Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. We're offering people the pass from death to life. We're offering people like the man of Luz to, in a condemned standing, to come out from under the wrath, to repent and believe in Jesus Christ and be saved by faith and grace, and to get a second chance on life, to be born again. For if anyone be in Christ, a new creation, all things have passed away, all things are new. That's the message of the gospel. So even as it says here that they went up against Bethel and the Lord was with them, the church goes out from Jerusalem and the Lord is with us. So we so bountifully our time, our energy, our prayers, and our resources to the ends of the earth as a church in support of the good news of Jesus Christ. And for every missionary that we support, for every dollar, hundreds of thousands that go out from this small church, we are not telling people, how do we, asking people, how do we take this city? We are supporting people who are declaring to humanity in many different tongues, tribes, and ethnicities how to find mercy through repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. The authority they had for wrath is the same authority we have for mercy and grace. And as they granted mercy to this man with the authority God gave them, so too, we are ambassadors for Christ. We are citizens of heaven. So when you wake up in the house you're in and you have your neighbors and you have your community and you have your workplace, we are ambassadors of Christ and we have the same type of authority but we're not there to say, how do we destroy the city? We're there to say how you can be saved. And as they had the authority to offer mercy to a condemned person, we have the authority of the church for the, the keys of the kingdom have been given to us. Whatever we loosen on earth is loosened in heaven, and what's loosened in heaven is loosened in earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The world is filled with eight billion men of lose and women of lose, including the redeemed in this room. And that's really what this story is about. It's about finding mercy from the God of mercy. I think the church in 2021 greatly underestimates the wrath of God and the mercy of God. So easily we get scattered with inconvenience. Not you. Hopefully not me. Not us. God is shaking his church right now. First he shakes and then he judges. For Jesus said, things will be shaken, the things that are solid will remain. And then we're told in Hebrews that judgment's coming and it begins where? In the house of God. If I look at the last year and a half, I would say it's a judgment. It's a shaking. And things that can fall away have fallen away. And things that are solid are remaining. If you need an excuse not to go to church anymore... <laughs> On December 31st, 2019, you found your excuses. But you're not here. You're here, which means you didn't need an excuse. And you want to be in the house of the Lord. The church has the keys of the kingdom. And even as the Israelites from the tribe of Joseph had the authority to offer this man mercy, we are the ambassadors of mercy. 
And as Paul said, we're pleading with people to be reconciled to God. And we might feel like we've received mercy, and I might feel like I've received mercy, but in the end, it's been so often said by people like Billy Graham and Greg Laurie, if we really believe in the wrath of God, we'd be, have much greater urgency to share Christ with other people and to humble ourselves to the benefit of other people. To really have our hearts break for the lost, like the great saints of old who changed the world and gave up so many comforts to do that. I think that really is the spirit of this church. I, I believe that as a whole, most of us are very generous and very willing and care very much about our neighbors and our enemies. And if we don't, we're, we're recognizing that and we're growing and trying to go forward from that. All I know is when I look at this text, they had the authority to grant mercy and the church has the great commission to declare mercy that people can find mercy. We offer mercy. Jesus, when we offer Jesus, we are offering the man of blues and the woman of blues mercy and an escape from wrath and condemnation and death. You've been listening to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Brandt. If you would like more information about the ministry of Worship Generation, visit us online at www.worshipgeneration.com, where you can listen to the podcast of today's entire message. Worship Generation is located at 10350 Ellis Avenue in Fountain Valley, California. Our service times are Saturday evenings at 6 p.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. And also follow Pastor Joey on Instagram under the tag name at Joey Brand. Thanks for listening and God bless. Not ashamed of the gospel. Not ashamed, not ashamed of the one I love. Not ashamed, not ashamed.